Welcome to your number one source for technological innovations, ideas, and strategies for your business. Multiply your business's equations and put the odds in your favor. Now, live from Club ITHQ with your hosts, Ben and Sam, this is Tech Factor. All right, welcome everyone. Welcome to Friday. This is the Tech Factor. I'm Ben. And I'm Sam. And I've already said it's the Tech Factor. <laughs> oh, it's definitely Friday. Uh, so Tech Factor, Hands as you Friday, may, everybody. May, <laughs> yes, you may already know. It's about ideas, strategies, innovations to drive your business's productivity using technology. So today we're doing the Friday Wrap. Our Friday Wrap, uh, basically, we talk about a couple of different articles. So uh, let's get it underway. What do you got for us, Sam? Yeah, well, I think I've spoken about this a couple of times now, maybe even a couple of weeks in a row, but let's go back the to the Toll saga. Group. Toll Group. What's, so, what's Toll got for us this week? So now, pretty much, uh, as you have probably heard by now, the Toll had some serious issues and have had more than one attack now this year, and this one's even worse than they originally thought. 200 gigabytes of data has been taken from the ransomware attack. And because Toll decided they weren't going to pay that ransom, the attackers are now posting all that data on the dark web. Yep, uh, that is the new strategy. So one of the things, and I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit in a minute, but I've, um, I was participating in a webinar uh, earlier on the week with, with, uh, with Bitdefender. And one of the things the Bitdefender guys are talking about now is that uh, the trend in ransomware is going to be, it's not going to be lo- no longer be about just encrypting your data and saying, give us a ransom. It's actually going to be about, well, um, pay the ransom or we're going to publish your information uh, to the public. And yep. so that's going to be the new strategy moving forward. And I'll, I'll talk a bit more about that in a minute, but it's kind of not surprising that's where uh, they've ended up because in, in the end, they've, I guess they have, they've just assumed it's any, like any other ransomware. They go, oh, we just won't pay the ransom, we we'll store our backups and happy days. But clearly they... They weren't aware of the extent of the damage. Yeah, so pretty much here it's got, in a brief note to a leak website on Wednesday, the attackers released a compressed archive along with a text file listing documents stolen from Toll, which they described as part one. They also suggested they were able to exploit the same vulnerability that was exploited earlier in the year. In in their statement, Toll Group failed to secure their network even after the first attack. We have more than 200 gigabytes of archives of private data and we expect to release them. Wow. You know, that, I mean, that really just sums it up right right there, doesn't it? And the when, fact when that- When they got in the exact same way that other attackers did earlier in the year- that's got to yeah, hurt. That's that's, in, that's insane. I mean, the, the, obviously what's happened is it's coming through some RDP exploit. They've gone, oh, it came through this user and all they've just done is, you know, re- reset the password of that user. Say so change the passwords. Yeah, you know, they've still left put it on the same Put a one in course. front of it. Yeah, put a one in front of it. That'll, that'll stop it. We've got them now. You know, so they've just done some password resets. Uh, they haven't actually done any hardening of their systems. And, you know, if you have an exploit from... Uh, RDP, which sounds like that's basically what the, the information we have uh, was, then you know the fact that they haven't uh, changed or implemented some kind of additional multi-factor authentication and other uh, systems in place uh, and other hardening strategies. There's a whole bunch of hardening strategies that you can do specifically in relation to this type of attack and exploit. I mean, I can think of you know, 
15 basic things that they could could have done uh, to protect themselves against this type of attack in the future. Yeah, and, and it's, when when you know that it's the same vulnerability as earlier in the year, and then all that Toll says is, as a as a result, we are now focused on accessing and verifying the spe- specific nature of the stolen data that has been published. Like, come <laughs> on, guys, surely you can do. So, better they, than they, that. so they don't know. So they say they're even at me. They don't know what's it. been stolen, and they're like, oh well, we'll jump on the uh, on the dark web and we'll have a look at the information and see how good or bad it is. Yeah, and they're talking in it like this is an assessment process, and it's like surely last time that's, you, that's a joke. it's it's the same compromise. You should know what it's from, and you should fix it. It's that's not an assessment process. That's like just damage limitation. The reality of it is that they have demonstrated significant incompetence in in this matter, and uh, they haven't actually taken their IT seriously now. I, you know, I'm happy to be proven wrong on that, but and if you know, if there's like of all of our like tens of listeners, if there is some a toll rep out there, prove me wrong. But uh, the reality of it is, uh, I mean, from- say, give us a buzz and <laughs> you can jump on next week's podcast. Yes, right. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be some another exploit in in uh, what it'll be uh, stage two of the the uh, data releases. So I'm sure there'll be plenty more data to come. Plenty more to talk about, uh, but it is it is a growing trend. It is something that's going to become bigger and bigger. So that's probably uh, I would say it's a good segue into what I'm going to talk about. Right. So as I was saying, so I've, I've uh, been participating in a few different webinars and discussions this week, and and one of the the trends is that, and one of the I guess the key factors that's come out of this whole COVID nineteen situation uh, is that. Uh, the um, there's been a fourfold increase in reported incidents uh, during the whole work from home situation, and obviously the less control and strategy. There's a whole bunch of issues surrounding that, but basically they're saying there's been a fourfold increase in cybersecurity breaches just over this initial period. So uh, that's you know 400 increase. That's that's insane. Uh, so it goes to show you that uh, I guess we weren't entirely ready for this. Uh, I think a lot of businesses really weren't prepared to. Uh, go through and implement these types of strategies, and it's it's really you know it's it's shown, and the the increase in cyber attacks is obviously uh, cyber criminals have identified that as an opportunity, and uh, it's becoming a, a bigger and bigger issue. And and you know as as we as we see now, and we I mean I I don't want to I don't want this literally just to be a, a a podcast about you know whose data has been breached this week, but unfortunately <laughs> we're in a situation where. Major breaches are becoming a, a daily occurrence, and it's it has been quite a hard increase, to yeah. not look at the news and see it. Oh, it's, exactly. You, yeah, you I mean, know, it doesn't. Yeah. Even if you just go to multiple news sources and business sources, it's all about these breaches because they are getting massive and they're getting out of control, and it's just something that keeps coming up for us to talk about. 68% experienced at least one attack in the last two years. So that's telling you something. It's becoming a one of those things that you, you're guaranteed at some point to be um, you know, on the other end of a cyber, cyber attack. So you've got to think about it and go, okay, well, if that's going to happen, let's talk about our, you know, what, what are our strategies to deal with that, what systems we have in place. You cannot just go, oh, well, things are working fine. She'll be right. We don't need to worry about it. Um, the reality of it is that we cannot uh, rely on that type of strategy anymore. You are going to get a hit by a cyber attack at some point. And it's about how you actually manage that, what systems you have in place to mitigate against that. And the reality of it is now, that, as I said, we've moved away from one of the other key points about this discussion was that we're progressively moving away from things like crypto locker. And now we're talking about what's called maze ransomware. 
And again, the Maze ransomware is the latest thing, which again uses um, exploits for unpatched systems and RDP and other malicious email attachments and links, so phishing. Uh, and again, if the ransom is not paid, they publish stolen information. So, you know, it's one of those things where we can no longer rely on on backups uh, or rollbacks because in a situation where your data has been breached, it doesn't matter if you've got a backup of your data. That's great. But they've got a backup of your data too. So, I mean, you know. And it's probably uh, completely fine and harmless if your data has got nothing important in it. But, you know, if it runs your business, if it's got your customers' details, if it's you know, breaches security protocols and yeah, where, where it, you've got to go yeah. and report it to, you know, the authorities, then you you know you're in trouble. Particularly, I mean, there's, there's certain industries that are more vulnerable than others. Obviously, you know, if you're at a, an accountant, for example, you're doing financial matters for your clients, you're a solicitor, or you're involved in healthcare and you've got people's personal health information. I mean, these are really serious issues. Uh, you know, for, for, I mean, look, you know, maybe if you're a, a small, you know, retail business, you've got a little restaurant or something like that, if your data gets exposed, it's probably not going to be as significant as, Yeah, what you know, Chinese order Steve yeah. gets every Friday night. It's mm, not going to... Yeah, exactly. No, 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 exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, if, if they, if, yeah, if all the, the, you know, how many wontons you sell each week, it gets published to the yeah, uh, to the that might be handy means. for your business and, and you know help yourself but i don't think it's gonna be too much of a problem mm. but i mean so yeah obviously there is an industry by industry assessment on that but it is one of those things that is now a trend it, it is a reality and it's pretty much the the reality of it is that i would dare say that uh all of our clients at some point in the next two to three years will get hit by some kind of cyber attack it's about what we do and what measures we put in place to deal with that. And that is the new world that we now live in. And particularly now in the COVID climate, we're seeing massive increases in in cybersecurity breaches. So uh, that's my uh, somewhat uh, pessimistic, but again, it's it's a it's one of those things that we are aware of it. And I think, you know, being aware of it is is the first step into identifying the problem and work out what you could what you're doing about it. So if you're not doing something about cybersecurity right now, uh, you're going to be in big trouble. You need to have a plan in place. You need to talk to someone, you need to talk to a consultant and get something in place for your cybersecurity. Over to you, Sam. Yeah, and I'll move away for the cybersecurity and I'll go for something a little bit different today. And um, so it looks like Facebook's embracing remote work um, and half of its staff will be out of the office within five years. So they're looking, Facebook's looking at pretty much taking this coronavirus lockdown stuff and changing the way that their approach to staff and how people work. And they reckon that they, um, what they're writing here, starting in July and within five years, 50% of all of Facebook staff will be working from home with almost 100% within 10 years. The skeptic in me is like, well, you know, Facebook has a, a massive PR problem. And, you know, obviously this is one of those types of inverted commas, good news stories that they're like, okay, yeah. we can push. We're doing the, it good we're, for we're, everyone. We're doing good stuff. Yeah, we're looking after our staff. We're not, you know, our staff aren't committing suicide like Amazon staff. You know, we're, we're doing a good job. Uh, you know, so that they do have a PR problem and maybe this is one of those things that they can sort of say, hey, uh, you know, we're doing something good and 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 what have you. But... On in saying that, I have had various feedback from, and again, it's organisation organisation. I think there are some instances where this whole work from home thing has actually been more productive and beneficial for some businesses. So there is an element of truth, like any good story. There's always an element of truth in it, right? So 
I think they probably have found some productivity benefits uh, with the work from home stuff. So I think there's a little bit of that. I think it's also a lot of PR for Facebook yeah. as well. And, so. and reading here, Ben, it looks like there's actually a fairly big push from some of the US, um, I'd say probably city city council and gov- local governments, where it's saying here that, um, you know, Facebook's got 50,000 employees and some of their got a huge amount that are working in the San Francisco area. And San Francisco's just had this massive big tech boom where they've got a lot of people from the tech sector working in and around the San Francisco area and it's creating a huge strain on regional infrastructure on roads and public transport and whatnot. So I think there's also a bit of a government push in the United States to try and keep people off the streets and try and reduce the amount of strain in the public systems. Look, it, it's probably not a bad idea. I mean, look, in, in Australia, we have, uh, well, actually in New South Wales, we have what's called Section 11 contributions. They used, um, sorry, Section 711 contributions. They used to be called Section 96 contributions. And whenever you, uh, you know, if Facebook comes in here and builds a factory or they, you know, builds a, a, offices, they're supposed to pay contributions to their roads and their infrastructure. But in America, uh, you know, they have this very capitalistic idealisms which sort of go, okay, you know, Facebook, please come to our our city, or you know, Amazon, please come to our city, and we'll we'll roll out the red carpet. We'll give you you know free. We you have to pay for infrastructure. You have to pay for this and that, and it shouldn't be like that, right? They should, because of the reality of it is that uh, with this type of infrastructure, it is required. If you're going to bring an extra thousand workers into a city, and that extra toll on the roads and all the extra toll on that infrastructure, it has to be paid for. And I I don't think it's unreasonable. It doesn't matter how inverted commas attractive it might be to bring this type of uh, company into a, a city they still have to pay for the infrastructure so i, I can see that so, that side of it and uh yeah fully support that yeah it was a conversation i was having with someone today where you know this whole post coronavirus world whether we're all just going to go back to normal and i think the majority of the world and especially here in australia we will probably go back to normal but having all this work from home forced upon all these businesses and all these it groups has meant that it's all the infrastructure is there now. So now we do have a lot more flexibility in our work and I think you will start to see um, people starting to work from home more here in Australia. I think that there will definitely be a, a cultural shift. I, I think the new norm will will be, it, look, we will go back to normal, as you said, to an extent, but there will be some new norms. There will be some changes. I think people having experienced this type of situation will have, you know, I guess as part of any, you know, evolutionary process, right, they'll find newer ways and better ways to do things and there'll be some optimization. So there might be some more work from home stuff. There might be some better ways to do stuff, uh, you know, even in the office just out of this whole COVID situation. So it's part of evolution. Yep. That's pretty much it for me. So the last one I wanted to finish up on, I... I kind of don't like talking about COVID nineteen every single week, but it is just the reality of the environment we're living in. But one we'll of the things we get out of it, <laughs> we'll start. We'll, we'll be yeah. Once we once the pubs are fully operational, we'll be talking about beer every week and and all kinds of interesting things. Um, so, what, one, yeah. like, what kinds we're trying while we're talking? How about that? Right, exactly, <laughs> we'll exactly, do beer yeah. reviews on Friday. We we'll do beer reviews, beer review, Friday beer reviews. That'll that'll be great. So we'll start to look at a bit more, something a bit more interesting. But the um, one of the things that we you know we talked about a few weeks ago was the COVID Safe app and what has happened in uh, in recent times. There's been two things uh, in the last week. Uh, the COVID Safe, uh, the actual source code was released, uh, which was a, I think a really good thing. I mean the the government has is, is obviously made an effort to to demonstrate 
basically, uh, you know, the their openness and transparency of what they're doing, and to demonstrate, look, this isn't just like any other of our, you know, overzealous, uh, you know, spy programs that we have in in the country. It's something which is uh, we're trying to put on a, a good face and be legitimate about. And the source code being released does show that the the code itself is uh, open, transparent, and uh, is fairly innocuous. Uh, so I would actually say that's that's been a good process. Google and Apple have apparently this is the other thing that's happened recently. Literally in the last in the last couple of days, Google and Apple have actually announced a, an API that they're making available to at this stage about I think about twenty two countries. And so that API will actually be it's like a framework to allow it. Uh, Bluetooth to easily communicate between Apple devices and Android devices and to effectively make the whole uh, COVID-safe notification system and all that stuff a lot more streamlined. So so they've sort of made their own API so that any, uh, you know, any app developer, so for example, if Australia wanted to rehash their COVID-safe app, because one of the things they've actually admitted is that the Apple Bluetooth uh, tracking doesn't work terribly well. Eventually it times out and there's bugs and it doesn't actually capture all the data. So they've admitted to that. With this new API, it'll work around some of those flaws. The downside is it has to go through, uh, you know, Google and Apple's system in order to provide the notification. So the the level of control is no longer with uh, obviously the health departments as then with Google and Apple. So it's like, well, who do you trust? <laughs> so um, then Google and Apple get access to all that data. Uh, so they're, they're apparently the federal government are weighing up their options in relation to that as whether they utilize that API or how they go about that. So. Quite interesting times. Uh, I suspect there will be some countries that maybe if they haven't developed their tracing apps yet, they will actually look at using, utilizing Google and Apple's API uh, to do this. And, uh, you know, I, I will give the government kudos for making their COVID safe app source code release. Uh, they've published it on GitHub. You can yeah, check it out. I, I, on, I was surprised that they did. They know they were saying they were, but it was starting to drag out and I was starting to wonder. I wonder if they're going to try and sweep this one under the rug. Yeah, well, well, they have. So kudos to them. And, you know, it does look like it's something very different to what they have normally done in the past. So uh, I, I think that's good. So I certainly give them kudos for that. And, uh, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, that's really all I have to say on it. So I guess the, the COVID Safe app, I, I feel, is getting a little bit better, um, better and better by the day. Uh, you know, I, I still have massive reservations in the way that the government operates uh, technology. There is, they do not have a good track record. Uh, you know, we can certainly help with that. <laughs> Give us a call. <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll I head down to Canberra. That's all right. Might be a bit yeah. cold. Oh, regional travels now allowed. Yeah, it was like five degrees today or something stupid. It was. I don't. I don't know what the temperature was in Canberra today, but God, it, it felt bloody cold today. So, um, I better just double yeah, check. We, we uh, can go anywhere in the country. Just don't ask us to go to Queensland. <laughs> you know what? Um. Yeah, Queensland kind of need us more than we need them. Although, apart from their beers and and whatever have you, and maybe you know, I'll hold down the Gold Coast. I'm sure. Yeah, but you know what? It's winter. Let's go to the snow. Let, let's go to the, the snowy mountains instead, or something. Right? Go down to Tassie. Go down to Tassie. Let's go down to Tassie. That sounds good Drink to me. Some Maybe. wine in the Yarra Valley or something. Sounds like a good plan to me. <laughs> I think someone's playing a honeymoon. <laughs> well, definitely not going what overseas day? anytime soon. No. <laughs> Oh dear. All right, well, that's the Friday wrap. I'm Ben. And I'm Sam. And we'll catch you next time. Take care. Cheers. 